Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Yeah, I was praying about what God wanted me to minister on tonight. He always seems to change it up on me when I think I'm going to minister something. He goes, nope, why don't you minister on this? So uh, I know how pastor feels. <clears throat> this, uh, I've told this story before, but it really is apropos to this message. So there's these researchers, and they are trying to figure out the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. And so they get these two kids. They get one that's a very optimistic kid and another one who's a very pessimistic kid. And they bring him into the laboratory. And they take the optimistic kid and they take him to a room that's filled with horse dung to hear. And they push him in, they close the door. And they take the pessimistic boy and they take him into another room. It's filled with toys, everything you could possibly imagine. And it has, you know, Nintendo games and, you know, all the rest of the PS4s or whatever, fives or zillions or whatever they are now. And uh, they just leave him in there and they leave him in there for a couple of hours. And so they come back a couple of hours later, and they go into the room where the pessimistic boy is, and he's in there, and all the toys are strewn all over the floor, and he's sitting in the middle of the floor crying. And they ask him, what's going on? He says, I'm bored. So they go over to the other room where the other boy is with all the horse dung, and they look through the window, and this little boy is jumping in and diving <laughs> into the horse dung, just jumping up and dying, laughing, and just having the most gay old time. And, and so they, they open the door and they go, what, what's the deal here? What's, what's wrong with you? What is going on? I mean, this is, this is horse dung. He goes, I know. He says, with all this horse dung, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> so it's all about a perspective, isn't it? Right. And I remember that story so well because when life throws crap our way, and I can say that in church, <laughs> there's got to be a pony in there somewhere because God doesn't make crap, right? So tonight's message is, I think, is also in the Kingdom Carrier series, and it's called Consistent, Persistent, and Determined. In the book of Revelations, Jesus says this about the church of Laodicea, I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Let me read this to you. This, the Laodicean church, this had a background in a local meeting for the people in that day. Being down in the valley, they had difficulty getting water in Laodicea. The Laodiceans built an aqueduct to bring cold water down from the mountains. When it left the mountains, it was ice cold. By the time it made it the trip all the way down the mountains to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And lukewarm water is not very good. How many can attest to that? You don't really like lukewarm coffee, lukewarm water, lukewarm anything, right? Down in the valley where the Lycus River joins the Meander River, there are hot springs. However, when they would take this hot water up to Laodicea, by the time it got there, it was no longer hot. It had become lukewarm water. When the Lord Jesus said to the Laodiceans church, you are neither cold nor hot, they knew exactly what he was talking about. They had been drinking lukewarm water for years. 
Water left the mountains ice cold, and it left the springs steaming hot. But when they, when they got it, it was both lukewarm and was sickening. The Lord said, Jesus said that this church was neither cold nor hot, and he would spew it out of his mouth. I used to think that that meant, you know, cold meaning like not saved and hot meaning saved. But what I think it really means is what you're supposed to be, right? You're, if, you're, if you're thirsty and you're, it's hot outside, you want cold water. If it's cold, then you want hot water, right? If you're boiling something, if you're making something, that hot water, tea, coffee, whatever, you want hot water. But the Lord doesn't want lukewarm stuff. In James chapter 1, verse 2, James says this, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But listen. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. God is looking for consistency. He doesn't want us lukewarm. He doesn't want us double-minded. He doesn't want us up and down. He wants us consistent. Okay? Consistent, the de definition is marked by harmony, regularity, or steady continuity, free from variation or contradiction, marked by agreement, showing steady conformity to character, profession, belief, or custom. Jesus says that a double-minded, inconsistent Christian will not receive anything. And this is what the Lord was speaking to me. He said, too many in the church are inconsistent, and they are not a good witness, and they think they're going to get something from me, but they're not because they're inconsistent. They're up and down. Okay, who, let, let's just say you were a, a, an Olympian, okay, and let's say you were a gymnast. They have a consistent routine. They do it every day, the same thing every day. They have the same routine every day, right? And they do that so they're consistent and they're persistent with it. They do it every day. And they're determined to do it until they reach their goal. Now, what would happen if one day they decided to do their routine and the other day they decided to do somebody else's routine? And then the next day they decided to do somebody else's routine. And then they took a few days off. Do you think that they would win a gold medal? Probably not. And that's what the church has been trying to do. Many in the church. There are many of you who are consistent. The Lord said that. But there's many who are inconsistent. They're going up and down. One day they're joyful, and the next day they're crying. And one day they're, they're trusting in the Lord, and another day they're just like wondering, where are you, God? And there's no consistency. And so God's saying we need to be consistent. A consistent walk and attitude shows everyone around us what we really believe. Say that again. A consistent walk and attitude shows those around us what we really believe, that God is a good father and he affirms his character and nature towards us. Listen to what he calls himself. He calls himself Jehovah Elohim. The Lord is dependable, faithful, and strong to us. 
Jehovah Hassaniu, the Lord, our maker and our creator. He's the one who made you. He's the one who created you. He knows all about you. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, our healer. You notice how he's relating everything back to us. He's the Lord, your. He's the Lord, your. He's the Lord, your, right? Jehovah Shammah, the one who is always with us. Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He is always there. You can't get away from God. He is always there. He is always by you. Jehovah Nisi, our banner and our victory. When we have need for a victory, he is our victory. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. Our righteousness is dirty rags, but his, he is our righteousness. For we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. Jehovah M. Kaddish, the Lord who makes us holy. We are not holy. He makes us holy. He makes us set apart. He has set us apart for himself. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. We are his sheep. He takes care of us. In Psalm 1, it talks about he anoints our head with oil, right, when we're wounded. He, he, our cup runs over. He sets a tail before us in the presence of our enemies. All these things he sets us as a shepherd. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. And that word shalom means nothing lacking, nothing broken. We should have peace in the midst of a storm. We should have peace when everybody around us is in a flurry and in chaos. He is the Lord, our peace. He is our peace. All we have to do is look up and say, Lord, I need your peace. And it's many times it's the peace that passes all understanding, right? Elroy, the God who sees us. And that is even a prophecy over this church. He is the God who sees us. When Dai was talking about what God is doing here, he is the God who saw this church. He saw the prayers that went up from this church, and he is answering those prayers. Amen? So these are the characteristics of God. Is that what people around you see when you walk before them? Oh, yeah, well, you know, God's my provider, so I don't have to worry about my finances. God's my healer, so I don't have to worry about this sickness. I'm going to be healed. You know, I don't, I, I don't have to feel abandoned because God's my father, and he's always with me in this battle. He's my victory. He's my banner. You know, let's be like that boy. There's got to be a pony in here somewhere, because when the enemy throws that stuff at you, okay, God, what are you doing? There's got to be a pony in here somewhere. That shows people around us what we believe. How can you be a good witness if you're like this? People go, what's that? But when they see the peace of God that's in us, when they see the consistency I mean, when people ask you how you're doing, it shouldn't be, oh, I don't know. Or, hey, I'm doing great today. Oh, I'm not doing great now. It should be, you know, I tell people I'm blessed and highly favored. Even when I don't feel blessed and highly favored, I am still blessed and highly favored. Even living in this country, we are blessed and highly favored. Attending this church, we are blessed and highly favored. I'm, I've been to many churches. I haven't attended that many churches, but I've been to a lot of churches, and this church is incredibly special. God's face is shining on this church. He is, I'm telling you, and he has a great destiny, but he needs his people to be consistent and not to be afraid. Let's look at a few um, stories in the Bible. Peter steps out of the boat, and Peter said to the Lord, he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And Peter came down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, that has got to be cool. Step out of the boat. I don't know if you've ever stepped out of a boat. I have, and you kind of go right down. But 
you step on that water, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And he's looking at Jesus, and he says, this is really cool, really cool. And he says, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid, right? He lost his trust in the Lord, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus just didn't go like this, bye. He reached out his hand, and he caught him, and he said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? What was he saying? Why didn't you continue to trust me? You are walking on water, Peter. The rest of the guys are back in the boat. They're going, let's just see what happens to Peter, right? They were, I mean, at least Peter had the mind of getting out of that boat and walking on water. If he had been consistent, I'll bet you he would have walked all the way to Jesus and they'd have walked back together and just be talking to each other and stepped in the boat and they'd been on dry land. But he wasn't consistent. He started to be consistent. He started out one way, right? And then he wasn't consistent. The Bible talks about uh, a farmer. He says, when you put your hand to the plow, don't look back, right? If a farmer looks back when he's plowing, his rows are just going to go like this. We've got to be consistent. We've got to take what we believe and be consistent in it. If we believe that God is our victory, then we should act like God is our victory, right? If we believe that God is our healer, then we should act like God is our healer, right? We need to start showing the world what we really believe. Now, we can't do this on our own, but we can ask the Holy Spirit to be that in us because God says you won't receive anything if you're double-minded. And, and I'm telling you this in love because what I see in this church are those people who are consistent are winning. They're succeeding. They're going forward. They're having joy and peace, and they're having God bless them in their lives. Those who are inconsistent, they're not. They're not. So I, I, I exhort you to be consistent in your life. Okay, what does Peter do in Matthew 16, 15? He says, you know, um, Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, flesh and blood didn't tell you this. This is my father who told you this, right? Wow, high moment. Peter's up there, man. He's, he's recognized something. They all said, well, you're Elijah and you're all these things. And he says, no, you're the son of God. And Jesus says, wow, that came from my father. And then a few verses later, then Peter took him beside and began to rebuke him and saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus is talking about going to the cross. He's talking about dying for the sins of the world. And Peter says, no, 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 that's not going to happen to you. And he turns to Peter and he says, get thee behind me, Satan, or adversary. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. High place, low place. Peter was doing a lot of this in the early days, right? But here is the mature Peter. He gets up on the day of Pentecost boldly, and he preaches the gospel, and 3,000 get saved, right? I love this. In Acts 2, verse 5, we get the picture. James has just been run through with a sword and killed by Herod. And Peter, Herod goes, wow, this is cool. The people love this. So he takes Peter and he puts him in prison, getting ready to do the same thing to him the next day. And here's the picture of Peter. He is chained between two guards, sleeping. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was going to be killed the next day, I probably wouldn't be sleeping. I'd probably be, he's sleeping. Why is he sleeping? Because he now knows who he can trust. If this happens, like Paul, like Paul said, for me, to, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, is both cool, right? Because God's taking care of me. And what does God do? He sends an angel, gets him out of the prison. In fact, Peter thought it was a dream. When he gets outside, the angel disappears. He goes, hey, this isn't a dream, right? 
the consistency of Peter after that was pretty consistent. Now, there was one place where Paul had to, to rebuke him, but he was consistent, right? And that's, and so Peter used to be this way, and I'm hoping to say that after this day, all of us will not be this way anymore. We'll be like this, right? Daniel, talk about a consistent guy. He and Joseph are pretty consistent people, right? It says this in Daniel 6. It says, so the, th- the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. What a testimony. God, who you serve consistently, continuously. I've looked at you. Dan- Darius looks at him and goes, man, you serve your God consistently, right? You serve your God. You're praying every day. Even though I made a decree that you couldn't pray, you just kept doing it. You kept doing it because who are you going to obey, God or man? So he keeps doing it. And what does God do? He delivers him from the lion's den, and Darius sees it, and he praises God because of Daniel's what? His consistency, right? And so what, what about Daniel? This, I always love this story. In Daniel 10, Daniel's praying. It actually says that he was mourning for 21 days, and he ate no choice food or meat or anything else because he was waiting on an answer from God. He had prayed and asked God for something. And the angels comes after 21 days of being consistent and praying. And he says, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. First day. Your words were heard, and I came in response to them. But listen to this. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there by the king of Persia. This is a very, I remember pastor talking about this. This is a very, very key thing. The Lord showed me this. He said, because I've been asking him, God, how come we're not seeing consistent healing? How come we're not seeing consistent blessing? How come we're not seeing consistent things? He said, you have an adversary who doesn't want you to get these things. And he lives in the second heaven, and he can keep things from happening if you aren't consistent. We have got to be consistent. I tell people when I was healed, it took a year of consistency and persistence and determination, not only on my part, but the, heart, the part of my wife. And I stand before you today healed because, of, because God was trying to show me that we have an adversary and he doesn't want this to happen because when it does happen, he's shown his hand and he's lost in that area. And I believe that that's what we have to get in our hearts because we can't be like this, folks. We can't pray, and if it doesn't happen, this is not McDonald's. Heaven is not McDonald's where you go to the, the window and you ask for Big Mac and fries and they hand it out within five minutes or you get perturbed if you have to wait there any longer than that. This is a battle. This is a battle. Daniel shows us this is a battle. We have an adversary, and he has demons that are assigned to keep us from getting what we're supposed to have, but we've got to be persistent and consistent. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Keep, Daniel kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. He kept speaking it. Keep getting, pray, pray over your situation. Lord, I just speak to my situation in Jesus' name. I just speak to my body to be healed in Jesus' name. This is mine, this is mine. I am a favorite son or daughter of God, and this is mine. He can't hold it back. Now, what would have happened if Daniel would have stopped praying? I think the angel would have gone back to heaven. I really do. I don't think he would have brought the word, but he did, Right? 
We need to be consistent and persistent. We have to know what's ours, and th this is what tells us what's ours. This is what's ours. All these names of God, that's what's ours, but this word tells us what's ours. And I'm telling you, you can have what God has for your life. Now, it isn't going to be necessarily what you think it is, but he will meet your riches. He will meet your needs with his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He will meet your needs. He will heal you, right? He will do those things if you're consistent, all right? So Naaman, we're just talking about a, about a heathen guy. He comes to the prophet, and he says, I got leprosy all over my body. He brings all these, this caravan with all this stuff. He says, I'll pay you if you heal me. And the prophet says, no, 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 I don't want your money. He says, go down to the dirtiest river in the region, the Jordan River, and dip in it seven times. And Naaman leaves upset. I'm not going to do that. There are some really nice springs and rivers and clean rivers that I could do this in. He makes me go down the Jordan. He's just laughing at me. I'm sure he is. But his servant compels him. And he says, Naaman, if he'd asked you to done some hard thing, wouldn't you have done it? He said, yeah, I would have. So he goes down the Jordan, this dirty river, and he dips the first time. And he comes up, and there's nothing. He's still leprous. That's what we do. The next time, he does it again. Nothing. He does it six times. Now, in, in his thinking, I'm sure he's thinking, it should be washing off by now. And, you know, wearing off, something should be going. But he was consistent, and he was persistent. And he dipped the seventh time when he came up, his skin was like a baby. Right? Right? What makes us think that God is like a McDonald's or Arby's or whatever restaurant you like? You just order and he does it. That's not the way it works. He has good things for you, but he wants us to be consistent because he wants the world to realize that we trust him completely with our lives. So many times we give up. You know, when the Jewish people went into the promised land, God didn't just say you walk in and just take these cities. They had to fight. Right? He tells them the first city to go to, he tells them to go to Jericho. They had to fight. We know the walls came down, but they had to fight. They had to go in and fight. We have to fight, folks. We have a promised land, but we have to fight for it. We fight for it in prayer. And we fight for it with our attitude because our attitude shows what we really believe. Okay? So when the people went into Jericho, they had to be consistent. God told them to walk around the entire city, probably a million people walking around that city. They consistently did that thing, whatever that thing was, and they did it for seven days, persistently. And then they were determined on the last day they weren't going to talk until that seventh time when they went around the city and they shouted and the walls came down. What do you think if it would have happened if they stopped after the sixth time? The walls wouldn't have come down. We have to realize something. The walls didn't come down, and they just went, yay, and they walked in and took the stuff. All that happened when the walls came down was the defenses came down, but there were warriors in that city, and they had to go, take the, they had to go and, and have a, fight those warriors and get the victory, right? And that's what God's saying. You just don't walk in. This is a fight. We have a real enemy who does not want us to win, and it takes knowing what's ours and knowing how to get it and praying and declaring what God has said in our lives. And it has to be every day and every day and every day. It isn't like one day and the rest of the days you don't. 
It isn't like you go to church and you get all hooped and hollered, and then you go on Monday and you're just all downtrodden and everything's, you know, you have to eat a worm or something. It's consistency every day. The same thing, just like you would if you were an Olympian, just like you would if you were a baseball player, just like you would if you're a football player. It is consistency every day, knowing what to do and doing it. Right? And I'm not talking about negative things. I'm talking about the positive things. Reading your word, praying, declaring what you know is true, declaring it over your family, declaring it over your church, declaring it over... I mean, folks, I pray every morning for Pastor Alex. Every morning. And he's not right... right now, he's second to President Trump because God told me to put President Trump first. Told, he said he'd be the best president that ever lives. Right? And that he would hear from God. And that he would hear God's voice. And he would have dreams and visions and prophetic words, and words of wisdom, and words of knowledge, and all those kinds of things. And that he, and I pray for Pence, Vice President Pence, and I pray for all, I pray for Rince Priebus, I pray for Kelly Conway, with all those people, I pray for them every day. And then comes Pastor Alex. Because I really believe that Pastor Alex is in the heart of God for this church, and this church is going to impact this city. But he can't do it if he's just out there with no prayer cover. Right? If you're not praying for him every day, I encourage you to do that. If you want to see more incredible things, I pray, I pray that you pray for him. And then I pray for the leadership of the church. And I work all the way down, and then I pray for all of you. All right? I mean, I pray for all of you because I know most of you by name. And I pray that God will bless you and that the Holy Spirit will fill you and that God will meet your needs and that God will heal you and that God will make you consistent. Right? We need that prayer covering. That's what we're here for. Right? And so when we see that, then, then we will see the, the glory of God. We'll see the very blessings. We'll see the goodness of God. But then, after Jericho, after that victory, Joshua wasn't consistent. He didn't go to the Lord and ask him for the next city, Ai. He said, ah, looks, it looks great. Figures, figure, I don't need to be consistent today. I don't need to go up and do my routine. I'm just going to, man, I'll just send 3,000 soldiers in there. It looks easy. And they go to Ai, and they get their tush kicked. In fact, 36 people, I believe it was, died. And they, they were sackcloth and ashes and mourned. What happened? God said, you didn't come to me and ask me. I'd have told you how to do this. It isn't about what you think. It's about what I've told you to do in consistency. We've got to be consistent. What we know is right. We've got to consistently do this, fighting in prayer. What does Hebrews 11.1 1 say? It says, faith is the substance of of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Many times we read through that verse and we don't understand what that verse is. It says faith is the substance. Okay? This Bible's here, it's substance. But what, what the Bible says is that even if that Bible was there, it's still there. That faith is the substance of that thing being there. If I have my healing and I need a healing, faith is the substance of that healing. It is there. I can look at it, I can touch it, see it in the spirit. It is there. Because God has told me that it's there. My financial needs to be met are there. That is the substance. You don't have to see it. You don't have to tangibly grab a hold of it for it to be yours. Faith is the substance. It is the evidence of the things that we don't see. It's the very, somebody says, well, how do you know it's there? Because faith. It's there. Whether you see it or not, it's there. It's mine. This is what God has promised me. The enemy hates that. He wants us to get off on track and say, well, you don't see it. You know, it's been too long. What if you tell it to Daniel? It's been too long. It's 20 days. Why don't you just give up? No. Faith is the substance. It's coming. I know God is not going to let me down. 
it's coming, right? What does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say when he went to, was being thrown into the fiery furnace? They said, our God's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, king, we won't let you know. We're not going to bow down to your statue, to your idol, because faith is a substance. I know that's mine, but even if it doesn't happen, it's still mine. Paul said, right, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Doesn't matter, because this is not my home. I may be a citizen of the United States, but I'm really not a citizen of the United States. I'm a citizen of heaven. I just happen to live in the United States. I'm a citizen by law, but this is not where I'm building my home. I'm building my home there, right? So why aren't we consistent? It all boils down to trust. That's it. We have allowed our experiences to become our theology. When something doesn't happen, we, we kind of write it down. I guess this doesn't happen today. And this is where a lot of churches are. That stuff just doesn't happen today. It went out with the apostles. No, it didn't. Because we're seeing it, right? It's, we're not just only seeing it in the United States. They're seeing it around the world. God is being who God is when we let him be who he is. I really believe that sometimes we reach through that second heaven. There's, a, there's like a the first heaven kind of meets the second heaven in a portal. We just reach through and we grab a hold. And actually, it's us reaching down to us down here and pulling that stuff through. And we see it. And it's like, oh, wow, God. I just had an experience this past Sunday. It was the first time I've ever I've had this, in, I mean, in a long, long time. I was worshiping down here, and I was looking at the ceiling, and all of a sudden, I, I just, for a moment, I felt like I wasn't here. I felt like I was, I was before the throne. Now, y'all were there. But it was like you could just feel the atmosphere was different. You know, it was just like, and it was just for a, for a brief second, I went, oh, it was like I was in the third heaven, just worshiping in the same place. I'm like, oh, it happened twice. And I said, God, if that's available, I want it. Whatever I have to do, whatever, however consistent I have to be in worship, in prayer, whatever it is, I want that. I want to live there. That doesn't mean I'll be like, look at me. That means that, that I will know what's mine because I will be there before the throne of God. I mean, literally, in the spirit, and I can walk here and there at the same time, because that's what it says already. We live in heavenly places. We are seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus on his throne, ruling and reigning with him. You are there, folks. You may not feel like you're there, but you are there. You are a citizen of heaven, and you're a citizen, of, and, you're, and you live here, and you can bring that here. That's what a kingdom carrier does. The Holy Spirit of God lives here. He lives here. You carry him wherever you go. How can you not trust God when you carry him? He's, he's, it says that he's a guarantee of what we have in God. It's like God says, he puts a little piece of paper and says, here's your guarantee. You got a 100% warranty, right? That you are a citizen of heaven and what you ask for that is in line with my word, you can have it. And guess what? Being in poverty is not in his word, right? I don't know where that mentality comes from, but he said he would meet our needs according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's what he said. That's what he meant. He said, I'm the God who heals you. That is your right. You have to fight for it. All right, so the Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with everything that you have, all right? And lean not to this. This gets us in trouble. If it's, not, if it's not aligned with this, this gets us in trouble. 
It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. It isn't like, okay, God. That's not what it means by acknowledge. It means let your ways be an acknowledgement of who God is. How you live your life should be an acknowledgement that you are a child of God and that he loves you and you're his favorite and he's going to work things out for you. So if you lift your head in confidence and saying, God's going to do it, you know, they're laying off of my job, God's going to do it. If they lay me off, then God's going to give me a better job because I'm his, right? It's like, oh, you know, I have to pay taxes this year. Well, praise God that you have money to pay taxes on. We just have to have that attitude. Let your ways, how you walk your life, acknowledge who you serve. So when people look at you, they go, hey, she, he's been with Jesus. Wow. They believe, they really do believe this stuff. All right? And so, um, let me just do a real little uh, thing here. I saw this one time. I thought it was good. This is the difference between believe, what we have in the English word believe, which is like believe, oh, I believe in that, and the real word believe that's in the New Testament. Okay, I can look at this and I can say, you know, this is a great chair. I believe in this chair. This is a great chair. In fact, the people who made this, they wouldn't have made it if it wouldn't carry my weight. And I'm sure that they wouldn't advertise of a chair if it wasn't to be sat in. I really believe in that chair. Do I believe in that chair? Not really. Not according to the New Testament word of belief. Now I believe in the chair. I put my full trust in it. I put my full weight on it. I put everything on it. This is what believe means. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it means. Put your full trust in him. Okay, so when it says that we believe, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead and you're saved, it doesn't just mean a mental assent. It means you put your full trust in him in your whole life. Let's move on to persistence. Consistence is doing the same thing over and over and over again. Persistence means we do it. Consistence is what you do, your attitude, how you live your life. Persistence is doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Remember the story about the Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus? She wasn't even a Jew. She came to Jesus and said, my daughter has a demon. And, she's, and she, he, she doesn't even get to Jesus at first. She's, she's going after the disciples. And they come to Jesus and they go, you got to do something with this lady. She's wearing us out. And so he, she says, she goes to Jesus and she says, will you hear my daughter? He goes, you know, um, we don't give the bread from the, from the table to the dogs. And she says, but Jesus, even, even the crumbs are given to the dog. He says, I've not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. Right? What was her persistence? She kept coming. Go away, lady. Coming. Go away, lady. Coming. Go away, lady. She was persistent until Jesus. Jesus tested her. You know, he even, he did insult her. That was not an insult in those days. But he was like, I'm not even, I don't even go, I'm to the lost tribe of Israel. What are you coming for? He tested her, and she was persistent, and she was persistent, and she was persistent, and he healed her daughter. Remember the story about the, we, you said this last week, about the unrighteous judge, the one, woman who came to the unrighteous drugs, and jug, <laughs> judge, and said, and said, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. And I, and I love what it says here in the, um, in the verse here. It says, listen to what the, um, oh, he says, she says, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this window, widow keeps bothering me, 
I will see that she gets justice so she won't eventually come and attack me. That's what it says in the message. And the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him, how often? Day and night. Day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you that he will see they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of, God, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? Faith. Show, our faith shows our persistence. Do we really believe this? Do we, do we really believe this is ours? Do we really believe that healing is ours? Do we believe that victory is ours? Do we believe that's ours? Then we keep crying day and night. God, you said that I could have this. I'm coming before you again. I'm coming before you again. And Jesus says, do this to God. You know, na basically nag God until it happens. Okay? And I'm, I'm a little bit over here. Can I have a few more minutes? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the last one is determined. Our consistency, right? The consistency is what we're doing. The persistency is doing it over and over again. The determined is you keep doing it until you reach the goal. That's the determination. I see the goal. I'm going to keep doing it until I reach the goal. Determined means having reached a decision, you're firmly res resolved that you're going to do this. We keep doing it until we see it happen, you know? Jesus was determined in Luke chapter 9 50, and verse 51. He says, as the time approached for him to be taken up into heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He was determined he was going to Jerusalem. Even though it meant his death, he resolutely, he was determined, he was going, and he was going to get there. In Hebrews 12, uh, verse 1 through 3, it says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, these are, this is the hall of, the, the hall of faith. Um, all those veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic, this is the message, of course, no, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross shame, whatever. He never saw, lost sight of where he was headed. God's saying that's where we need to be. Never lose sight of where we are headed. God has got an incredible destiny for your life. If you don't know what it is, ask him, and he will show you so you can keep being persistent, consistent and persistent to reach that goal. It says in um, Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 15, these men of faith I have mentioned died without ever receiving all that God had promised them. It says all that God had promised them. Not that they didn't receive any of it. They didn't receive all that God had promised them. But they saw it all awaiting them on ahead and were glad, for they agreed that this earth was not their real home, but that they were just strangers visiting here. And quite obviously, when they talked like that, they were looking forward to their real home in heaven. That's where we really live, folks. That's the, that's the prize that we have. Determination, the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I've heard many messages about this and the determination that she had. First of all, she wasn't supposed to be outside and she wasn't supposed to be near anybody, right? She could have gotten stoned for what she did but she pressed through that crowd, and it was pressed around them because even the apostles said, they said, what do you mean, who, who touched you? The, the crowd's pressing in. She, 
went through there, and she said, if I can just do this. And she touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. She was determined. She was going to do it. And because of her determination, she was healed. Joshua says in Joshua chapter 20, 24, verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Unfortunately, some of us have not, even though we haven't done it, oh, I'm not, it's not that I'm not serving the Lord. Yeah, it is. You're serving yourself, right? Because if we're serving the Lord, we will be consistent, persistent, determined to, to come to the place where we're supposed to be in him. It says, it says, um, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And what he says about Joshua was, all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that served under Joshua, Israel served the Lord. It wasn't until they died off that Israel did what was right in their own eyes. They were determined, we are going to serve the Lord. East side, we need to determine that we are going to serve the Lord at all costs. Right? We will be consistent and persistent and determined until we grab the prize and then God will put another goal out in front of us. Because to whom much is given, I mean, I'm sorry, um, for, for whom who's given um, much is given more. He says, you, I, you have done, you've, been, you've been faithful in little things, I will make you ruler over many. We have to be faithful. We have to be determined. I love Psalm 1 in the message. I had never read it before. How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along Dead End Road. You don't go Smart Mouth College. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You are a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not at all like the wicked who are mere windblown dust, without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people, God charts the road you take. The road that they take is Skid Row. I really believe this is the message that God wanted me to preach tonight because I believe this is what is going to make you successful in the Lord. Those of us who are not going to do this are going to constantly be like this. It's not just going to be our attitudes like this. The things in our life are going to be like this because God says you won't receive anything from me if you're like that. So I ask you to, to ask the Holy Spirit to make you consistent in what you do. When people talk to you, how are you doing? I don't, I'm not talking about lying. I'm talking about speaking things in faith. I am blessed and highly favored, or whatever you want to say, I'm good. You know, you don't have to say, I'm healed, if you're not healed. What I'm saying is, you're blessed. You serve the God of the universe, who is your maker, who sent his son to die for you so that you could have eternal life in him. I'm good. You know? Paul says, I've abounded, I've been brought low, I've been rich and poor, all these things, I've learned to be content. That is the consistency. And to do it every day and every day. So when people look at you, they don't see this. They see this, right? And to look towards the prize, the high calling that's in Christ Jesus so that we can reach the goal that God has for us. Because this church is going to change nations. I, I believe that. God has spoken that to my heart. It's already doing it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more and more and more influential all the time. Amen? Can you all stand up? You can stay there. Okay. You can stay there. You can pray for us. Okay. I just want to say one thing. Sure. Because this, this is so good. Anybody, let's give it. Come on. That one.
in, in that parable in in, uh, in Matthew 18 of the of the widow woman coming to the unjust judge, she she asked for justice. And what you got to understand is anything that is happening in your life that doesn't line up with this is unjust. That's right. And God is saying, I'm going to take the unjust stuff that's happening to you, and I will bring justice. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's right there. That's what that verse is saying. And it lines up with, you know, that that is just comes up under the foundation right. of what you were just talking about. That we've got to we got to believe and get a hold of and go to a whole nother place in our faith walk. I love the think about. Joe, again, don't let this go away today, that faith is the substance. Yes. That's big. I've never seen that. That's huge. It is the substance. It is the substance. It's the thing. And it's the evidence. Yes. Because where is it? Yeah. My faith. Yeah, that's good. Yes? Pray, pray for us. Father, I thank you so much that you love us. Oh, man, do you love us. God, you are so patient. Talk about being consistent, persistent, and determined, God. Lord, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Jesus, you were consistent all the way to the end. You were persistent, and you knew what you were going to do because you could see us on this day. I really believe, Lord, that in the garden, God showed, the God the Father showed you all of us and said, this is who you're doing it for. Every last one of us, Lord, is your favorite. Every last one. There's, God is no respecter of persons. You said that, Father, that we are all your favorites. You've got a destiny for all of us. We were all appointed to be born at this time, for such a time as this, to reach the destiny that you have given to us so that we can affect nations. We can be kingdom carriers we carry your Holy Spirit into the environments that we're in, and you want us to be consistent. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to make this so real to our hearts, Lord. God, I pray that you'd wake us up in the night and speak to us. I pray that you would give us dreams and visions, Lord, that you would speak to us in the day, that you speak to us in the night. You would speak to us at our jobs. You would speak to us, Lord, when we we're around other people. It would give us words of knowledge for them and words of wisdom for them. That, Lord, you would, you would compel us to pray for people and see them healed and restored, God. That we would be able to show people that you are real through our consistency, Lord. That we really do believe this stuff. That it is real. We're not just doing this as a social club stuff. We really believe this is real. We really believe that we have a God who is our Father and a Jesus who is our Savior and a Holy Spirit that's inside of us and that we don't have to fear. We can trust you because that's what the world is looking for. They're looking for consistency. The church has been hypocritical for too long, Father. So I ask God that you would sweep over this congregation tonight and anyone who hears this at any time, Lord, through a podcast or through a video or whatever it is, that they will make a commitment tonight to be consistent, persistent, and determined. Pray this after me. Father, Father I, am determined I am determined to be consistent, to, be consistent. to, show, people to show people that I really believe, that I really believe 
you. you. That I trust you. With my life, with my finances, with my family, with my nation. Lord, I ask you that I be persistent at every day that I continue to do the same things so that the world will see that I believe you. And I am determined to reach the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to show me my assignment, to show me my destiny, that I can be a kingdom carrier. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.